0: And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mind. This is a podcast all about perinatal mental health and wellness related to conception, pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. But more than that, we aim to deepen our truths, shed light on real issues, speak about our pain, feel understood, and offer a path to healing. We raise the volume on these topics in hopes that someday everyone will have the support and information that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. This year has been a doozy. There is high stress all over the place in every way possible, it seems, these days. And so anxiety is, therefore, at an all-time high. There's the pandemic stress, political stress, social justice stress, holidays, and you name it, anything else you can throw in there. We haven't had to deal with as much going on at one time in recent memory. So I decided to re-release our episode 87 on postpartum anxiety because, well, everyone's anxious, and especially if you are pregnant or postpartum, anxiety is potentially even that much higher. This episode from two years ago is one of our most commonly downloaded episodes, and also it just needs to get to all of the new listeners as well. There's some really good information in here on postpartum anxiety, as well as all of that guilt and shame that runs through motherhood and parenthood. Dr. Carly Snyder is going to be talking about how to cope and manage with postpartum anxiety. Dr. Snyder is a board-certified reproductive and perinatal psychiatrist with a unique approach that combines traditional psychiatry with integrative medicine-based treatments. She maintains a private practice on the Upper East Side in New York City and is working virtually due to COVID-19. Her weekly radio and Huff parenting blog share MD for Moms moniker. She is a regular contributor to many popular websites and member of the Women's Mental Health Consortium and Robin. Dr. Snyder served on the board of PSI for multiple years and remains a member of the advisory council. All of the things that we discussed two years ago are applicable now. There are just so many more people experiencing anxiety, and it could be much higher than you've experienced yourself personally in the past. Sometimes, even though there is so much going on, it's hard to remember why we feel the way that we feel. Oftentimes when we're feeling really down, we blame ourselves and just want to put that reminder out that there is so much going on and whatever's going on for you is also impacted by the collective stress that is all around us right now. So I hope this re-release episode is helpful for you and a reminder that there are ways to cope and you can get help. So let's hear from Dr. Snyder. Welcome, Dr. Snyder. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Dr. Kat. I'm really
1: excited to be here.
0: I am very happy to talk with you today about anxiety, perinatal anxiety, and differentiating between what's kind of normal in air quotes and what we should be more concerned about. I think this is such an important topic and something that I get asked a lot about in my practice, and I know it's very confusing for a lot of moms out there too. So we'll get into that in just a moment, but I'd love to start with your work and what you're doing in the perinatal
1: world. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here and to talk with you and your audience. In terms of what I do, you know, I really, I see a spectrum from, in terms of who. I have patients, women, who are, you know, in the process of trying to get pregnant, who some of them aren't even trying yet. You know, some women come to see me and they are being very proactive. Some of them have a history of maybe depression or anxiety and so are on a medication and they are thinking ahead and they just wanna know what is the safest option in terms of what medication or staying on a medication versus not. And often they will come and stay with me. Sometimes they just want a consultation, but. That's usually a starting point for patients. I also have a large cohort of patients who are in fertility treatments. So they've been trying to get pregnant for a long time. And obviously that can be a real struggle when you want something so desperately and it's not coming as easily as one would hope. I have women who are pregnant already and are suffering from anxiety, depression, a combination some with more severe illnesses along the lines of bipolar disorder. And I have women who have postpartum illnesses, anywhere from depression, anxiety, postpartum psychosis as well. And what I love about what I do is that I have moms who came to see me in that early stage, who have now one kid, two kids, three kids. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to you know, see them through each pregnancy and, you know, see their families grow and it's a really rewarding experience.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And helping them stay healthy and have the mm-hmm. the pregnancies and postpartum that they'd like to have.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the greatest things is, you know, being able to say to a woman who is really scared of, you know, a woman who has had a prior Postpartum depression or anxiety that really rattled her to the core, and being able to help her through a subsequent pregnancy and postpartum period, and seeing her do well. Yeah. And having her sit there and say, Oh my God, this was nothing like the last time. And Mm -hmm. I'm so enjoying this time where last time it was so painful. Mm -hmm. And that's wonderful. That's a great feeling.
0: Ah, that's awesome. How nice to be able to, to see that. And to help people through that. Oh, that's so nice. Especially because so many moms are terrified if, you know, that's going to happen again or it's going to be exactly the same. And I've been hearing too, well, if it was this bad this time, how much worse is it going to be next time?
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: So it's nice to know. And for other people to be hearing, people who are listening to know that it doesn't have to be worse the next time.
1: Absolutely not. You know, obviously, if you had a prior episode of any mood disorder, you are at an increased risk for a subsequent episode without treatment. Right. But it's really important to remember treatment works. Mm -hmm. Treatment works really well. The biggest barrier is not asking for help. So as long as you reach out and get the right care from someone who knows what they're doing, Right. Yes. Treatment really is incredibly effective and- It is, you know, obviously having more than one child is awesome. It really is. Seeing your kids interact, it is so much fun. That being said, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It really is. So anyone who says having two kids is easier than having one has never had two kids. (laughs) But, you know, but that being said, just because you had a hard time emotionally after your first child does not mean that it's going to be harder emotionally because you have two children right. if you get treatment.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you see in your practice and with moms who are worried about anxiety or who have anxiety? Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to how anxiety shows up in moms during the perinatal period?
1: Sure. So, you know, what I stress to women all the time is that anxiety is not the enemy inherently, right? As mothers, we are hardwired to have some degree of anxiety because that's what protects our children. Yeah. And that starts in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. If we weren't so worried, we wouldn't think one step ahead. We wouldn't be vigilant about, for example, taking prenatal vitamins. We wouldn't be sure to go to our OBGYN and you know make every appointment or you know reschedule it if we can't be there we as moms wouldn't be sure to stand next to the changing table and you know there are lots of things you know i always think about when a child goes on a scooter or on a bicycle or what have you you know why do we put helmets on our children right they're very close to the ground right it's really because the what-if scenario of if they do fall, we want there to be a barrier between mm-hmm. their heads and the, the ground. Right, right. It's anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's our anxiety that leads us to be protective. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. That's actually really good. Right. But when that anxiety is so overwhelming that we no longer can use it just for a positive, but instead it overwhelms our every you know, every aspect of our being. So when anxiety impacts your life, such that you can't enjoy things anymore, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. where
1: you're thinking about the negative all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when anxiety takes on a life on of its own, and when it kind of goes outside the realm of reality. So there are things called intrusive thoughts,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which are actually more common than people think. For example, What if I threw the baby out the window? What Mm -hmm. if I put the baby in the microwave? What if I trip on my way down the stairs and the baby falls? What if I stab the baby? These thoughts are horrifying. Mm -hmm. They are scary, but they are not at all psychotic. Mm -hmm. They sound crazy, but they're not. They're just anxiety, you know, run amok. They're just a lot of anxiety. Right. But, they are overwhelmingly scary for a mom because what happens is they happen all the time. Mm -hmm. So when anxiety makes it such a, you can't enjoy motherhood Mm -hmm. or pregnancy for that matter, Mm -hmm. that's when it's time to get help. You know, I always tell people in my office that I sit in this purple chair and I very vividly remember with my third child, watching my belly jumping up and down (laughs) as she was kicking and really enjoying it. And that if instead I was sitting there just worrying about kick counts and Mm -hmm. how often was she kicking or was she kicking enough or what have you, and I couldn't enjoy those moments, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: well, that wouldn't be fair to me. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be fair to her in the future. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, Every mom should get the joy of kind of, and the wonder of pregnancy, and then the joy and wonder of having an infant. And if right. you're not feeling that, then there's a problem.
0: Right. So I really appreciate that you are kind of normalizing normal anxiety, that we all have it, and that it's just really commonplace. I'm um, excited feel like the word anxiety and the word depression for that matter get thrown around now as just kind of another way to describe how you're feeling in the moment. And that might be true, but there's this really other deeper, more intense clinical side where you're describing that it is hard for people to differentiate. So I think the clarification you're giving is really important in the, In their thought process. They'll notice that change. Have you noticed anything physically or behaviorally that people are doing differently when their anxiety is really high?
1: Well, I think that you know, especially in the setting of really it's in the setting of pregnancy and postpartum in the setting of anxiety or depression or both, frankly, because what we find is that the two conditions tend to blur a yeah. lot, mm-hmm. especially, you know, women who are pregnant often are both depressed and anxious. Mm-hmm. A depressed mm-hmm. pregnant woman is very anxious usually. There's not many right. who have pure depression for what mm-hmm. it's worth. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they tend not to take as good care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So I was talking about you know going to your OB visits. Mm-hmm. Women who have clinical mood symptoms are not as likely to go to their appointments. They're not as likely to eat as well or healthy foods. They're not as likely to exercise to, you know, energy levels tend to be lower. Mm -hmm. So getting up and out of bed and kind of doing things just becomes that much harder. Right. You know, there's always that, well, I'm too tired because I'm pregnant. But in reality, exercise is incredibly important when you're pregnant and when you're not. Mm -hmm. Similarly, postpartum, you know, there's that feeling of isolation that can come in for all of us. Mm -hmm. But when you're feeling overwhelmed in a clinical sense beyond that which most new moms feel women can have a very difficult time getting themselves outside
2: mm-hmm.
1: right. they isolate they can literally feel physically ill
2: mm-hmm.
1: there's a lot of what we call somatization so you know the feeling like i think i have the flu or i feel sick to my stomach uh-huh People tend not to eat as well. Either they eat a lot more or a lot less.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: People can complain of headaches. Right. Sleep tends to be very affected. Right. So, you know, I always tell women that if there's one thing that can make or break your mood, it is how much sleep you get. So if right. you get enough sleep, you will feel better. Mm-hmm. If you don't get enough sleep, you will feel worse. It doesn't matter what else you're doing. Mm-hmm. You will feel worse if you don't sleep well. And if your mood is otherwise impacted. So if you are depressed, anxious, what have you, you know, sleep tends to be in short supply. Sure. Or alternatively, you're sleeping all the time. Mm-hmm. In both cases it's not good. So in terms of physical, you know, you just don't feel good, frankly. Right.
0: Right. And yeah, I mean the the whole system is affected. It's not just, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not just all in your head actually.
1: Mm-mm. Not <laughs> the, at all. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. do remind women, though, you know, there's postpartum specifically, there is the thyroid in pregnancy is naturally suppressed. And then postpartum, there is something called postpartum thyroiditis, where your thyroid goes into overdrive mm-hmm. and then it burns out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This can look initially, these are women who initially lose their baby weight often very quickly. Mm-hmm and you know these are women who may make a lot of baby albums very quickly they seem very hyper mm. they're not manic but they're really hyper for you know the first few months mm. even but then their thyroid burns out and they look very depressed and they feel depressed mm. they have no energy they are lethargic they seem like a woman who has postpartum depression but they're not going to respond to medication like a woman who has postpartum depression because, in fact, their thyroid is not working. Mm, mm-hmm. So,
0: so f- first it looks like anxiety, then it looks like depression? Mm-hmm,
1: exactly. Mm. And, and first it may not even look like anxiety because often they won't come in to see me at that point because they're actually feeling really good or they're feeling very jumpy mm-hmm. but not to the point in which they'll seek care. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they will, especially a woman who has a history of anxiety. She may come in because it's a little too close for comfort, so to speak. Sure, right. But the second part, that hypothyroid part, Mm -hmm. that is when people come in because they feel really down. Mm -hmm. I always check thyroid function because there's no medication that's going to be effective if the true culprit is your thyroid. Right. So... That's
0: great. Um, just for everyone important. to know, right? Mm-hmm. To rule that out as a factor or something yeah. that's contributing. Fantastic. In terms of anxiety, how might anxiety show up and what types of anxiety do you
1: see? Well, anxiety is a funny thing. It really depends on your history and your personal situation. But, you know, in pregnancy, anxiety can mean You, for example, hold on to certain words from an OBGYN appointment, right? You have an ultrasound and maybe someone mentioned something and you can't get it out of your mind Mm -hmm. and it just plays over and over in your head such that you can't really focus on anything else Mm -hmm. and it becomes kind of your world and you may Google a lot, which as an aside is not helpful. Right, right. I mean, Doctor Google is not your friend. No, Mm -mm. it really. And I always remind people that, in general, as a general rule, not always, but most people who will post things online are usually disgruntled, Mm. and don't have your story. So, right, you can't really find your personal story, or find an answer to your question about, for example, a medication. Mm -hmm. or your, you know, your situation by Googling it. Because whomever Mm -hmm. is answering doesn't have your exact story and also isn't necessarily giving you their exact story. Right. Right. They don't have to give you all the details. So, you know, kind of going through Dr. Google, also sometimes anxiety means that a woman will start isolating herself. Mm Mm-hmm and feeling very uncomfortable in her skin sometimes, right? A pregnancy that may be very wanted all of a sudden feels very difficult to live with. Right.
0: Right. So you were describing a little bit of, I guess, how I was interpreting is initially as sort of like an obsessive kind of a process, um, not being able to get these specific thoughts out of your mind, that sort of thing. And how far can that go in terms of what you've seen of that kind of anxiety?
1: I mean, obsessiveness can become all-encompassing. So I was talking about intrusive thoughts earlier. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Intrusive thoughts are are a version of an OCD-like presentation, an -hmm. obsessive-compulsive-like presentation. That can be very painful and can really take over one's life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it'll happen, it'll begin in pregnancy. A key time can be the end of the second trimester, beginning of the third. Hmm. and then that can carry through postpartum.
0: Can I ask, is there any particular thing that you've read or research that shows that,
1: why that would be? It's a key time in terms of hormone changes. Uh huh. So you have some flux in terms of hormones, plus at this point you've had the doubling of your blood volume, but there's some real hormone shifts that have occurred at this point that lead to this massive increased risk. Mm -hmm. for some women not all by any stretch but it definitely happens at this point okay all
2: right thank you for that Mm -hmm.
1: and then it can continue and the thing about it is that women become scared of themselves it becomes scared of their thoughts right and so they actively avoid different situations in order to try to avoid their thoughts and to avoid what they think may happen because of these thoughts. So Mm -hmm. if you're having these fears of stabbing your baby, what are you going to do? I've had patients who throw out all of their knives. I have Mm -hmm. patients who won't walk into the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I have patients who will not take care of their babies because they're so fearful of themselves, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that they desperately want to take care of their babies and are wonderful mothers. Right, right. Thank you for adding that. That is so true. Yeah, it's really important to remember that, that because you have these symptoms, it means nothing about you as a mother. It means nothing about you as a person. And yep. it means nothing about what you will be in the future as a mom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Nor does it mean that you, you know, I've had women who say, maybe I actually don't want to be a mom. And that's why my brain is doing this. No, nope, absolutely not. This is just your brain. This is a manifestation of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And just like if you had diabetes, we would say, okay, you know, your blood sugar going awry. This is your anxiety going awry. Mm -hmm. This is nothing you did wrong. Right. This just has to be treated. Right.
0: Yeah, that is so key. I hear this so often. The, The anxiety is so high that it is making people question themselves and their ability and who they are as a person and why is this happening and uh, it's just anxiety is creating its own anxiety.
1: hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can really, look, women who have wanted to be mothers for, you know, ever,
2: mm-hmm.
1: all of a sudden are petrified of themselves, of right. caring for their babies. And then there's this level of guilt that comes in. How could I be thinking such terribly dark things?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because intrusive thoughts can be very dark. Mm-hmm. They can be sexual in nature. They mm-hmm. can be violent in nature. Mm-hmm. And none of that is, in fact, because there is any drive towards sexual activity. There is no drive towards violence. This is, again, just a, the brain going a little haywire, but it's all very treatable. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That this right, I really hope that people can hear that because it's hard to be afraid of your own thoughts, it's paralyzing sometimes, and really, you know, oftentimes women aren't talking about this part of it because that's, there's uh, yeah. all the shame and guilt that comes with it, too.
1: Right, and the problem is that people become very scared that if they tell anyone what they're thinking, something bad is going to happen, so mm-hmm. you know. They're going to be looked down upon. Their partner is going to see them as a bad mother. Their OBGYN or, you know, their docs, their internist is going to call ACS. Their mother is going to think that, you know, they're going to hurt their child. All of these things, which, you know, is not true, hopefully. And if it is, it means that there needs to be more education. Right, absolutely. Right? Yeah. That what needs to happen is people need to understand that none of that should be going on. Right. Mm -hmm. This is not an ACS case. This is not something where a child should ever be removed from a home because of intrusive thoughts, just to be very clear. Yeah. Right. And this is not because a mother is in any way an unfit mother. Right. She is a hundred percent fit. She just needs help, you know, and it's important to remember this can be difficult for a marriage mm-hmm. because partners often very much want to help, but they have no idea how to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And they know there's something wrong, but they can't figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And in truth, beyond being supportive, there isn't always a perfect fit in terms of what to do. Right. Beyond saying, I love you, I'm here for you, and let me help you with the baby, Mm -hmm. they can't make it better. Yeah.
3: Oh, hey everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.
0: That reminds me of some women who've come through who have such high anxiety but also don't want anybody else to help them with the baby. Mm -hmm. Like they cannot stand other people holding their child because of the anxiety. And in part because of their own intrusive thoughts, but you know that something's going to happen to their kid, but just trying so desperately to control and manage the care of the child, that um, Mm -hmm. relationships are affected too, that the partner feels ineffective or not able to help because of that high anxiety.
1: Oh, absolutely. So I very strongly recommend that women bring their babies in Mm -hmm. at least once, you know, in the first few weeks, in part because I want to see how they're doing with their baby and in part because I always offer to hold the baby. That is a selfish because I love holding babies, (laughs) but B, because I want to see how they react. Mm -hmm. I want to see if they look at me like I have two heads Mm -hmm. and hold on to their babies for dear life. Mm -hmm. Or if they say, oh, of course. Now, most of them, now, I know these women well, right? Right, right. I wouldn't say this to a woman who I'm just meeting for the first time. These are women who I've been treating. So we've already established a trust between us. Right, yeah, that's important. Right, that's an important part because... Given that, it would be odd for a woman who, you know, she and I trust one another. Now I'm saying, hey, I'll hold your baby for a moment. Mm -hmm. For her now to all of a sudden feel very guarded and fearful. Right. Why is she scared of me? Right, right. There's something going on, right? She may not overtly tell me I'm not letting anyone else hold my baby. Often, frankly, she will tell me that. Right. But seeing it firsthand is even more telling.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's as you said you nailed it like it's fear there's Mm -hmm. a control and fear what if If i'm not holding my baby if i'm not the one taking care of my baby I can't be sure that my baby's fine. I can't be sure that He or she is being held properly is being burped properly Mm -hmm. Is actually lying on his or her back in the you know crib Mm -hmm. etc and you know I always remind moms that you have to be sure that you trust whomever you give your baby to, but you cannot be connected to your baby forever. It's not good for you or your baby. Right, right, right.
0: So to encourage them to have the baby develop relationships with other people?
1: A hundred percent, both for the baby, but also moms need time to themselves. Right. And- both for themselves and, you know, for friendships, but also for our marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important to go on date nights. It's important to have time, the two of you. You guys liked each other before you were parents. That's how, you know, for most people, that's how you became parents. Mm -hmm. But you also just need time as adults. Mm -hmm. To connect. Um, Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's important that as women, we reconnect with ourselves As people, because before you were a mom, you were still a woman. You had interests, you had things you like to do, you had people you like to hang out with. Mm -hmm. You can't lose all that just because you have a baby.
0: Right. And also if your anxiety is super high, then you're not I mean, from what I think and what I've seen is that you're not really connecting to yourself as much anymore either. I mean you're so highly focused or to the baby, right?
1: I mean babies can read anxiety. You know, it's a pretty amazing how tense a baby will be in the setting of a tense mom. You know, I've obviously been around a lot of babies, three of my own, and I'm not nervous holding a baby. I can say that with great confidence. Yeah. You know, I have some moms who come in who are very anxious overall and their babies, they will say, oh, my baby's so fussy. Right. They're so fussy. And I'll always say, well, you want me to give it a go? Please. Yes, of course. Please try. And within two minutes, baby's calm as can be. And there's no secret. It's just that I'm not nervous. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I'm not worried. And babies tend to be able to read whether you are worried. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're calm and you are kind of relaxed holding a baby, they're much more likely themselves to be calm and relaxed. So for a mom, it behooves us to take a deep breath. Yeah and kind of relax. It also by the way behooves us to sleep as I was saying yes, earlier. Yes, yes,
3: yes. And
1: that means being able to, you know, relinquish some control to someone else. Mm-hmm. If you want to exclusively breastfeed, okay, that's, you know, everyone has that choice, but that doesn't mean you have to do all the work all night. Mm-hmm. You can also rely on a partner or um you know, your mom or whomever mm-hmm. to Get the baby, change the baby if needed, mm-hmm. bring you the baby. Mm-hmm. And then after you feed the baby, take the baby, burp the baby, do all mm-hmm. the hard stuff, at right. least every other feed every other, you know, wake sure. up. Sure. Because that still means that you're sleeping, you know, a good hour more mm-hmm. than you otherwise would. That's that a great feeding. point.
0: Right. And this the the lack of sleep is feeding into the anxiety, anyways. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean that it's a really challenging yeah, you know, I've heard some moms, you know, realize that their anxiety is affecting their child, but then also feel guilty about that and sort of feel the weight of the world on them, like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, I have to not be anxious in order to not mess up my kid and, you know, kind of take it to this other level. But um, you gave a really good point that just taking long, slow, deep breaths While you're feeling that way, while you're holding your child, can help you and them too, and that you know you're not necessarily. I'm going to add too that you're not you know ruining your child if you feel anxious. You know that there's lots of room for healing and recovery for you, but also that's a really good tip to take a deep breath and try and soothe yourself, which also soothes the baby.
1: Oh, you know, I agree with you a hundred percent. It's easy to run down the path of. Mm oh my gosh, my anxiety is doing X, Y, and Z, and then like feeling worse and feeling guilty. But no one gets anywhere that way. Right. And instead, there's so much that can come out of holding your baby for a minute and breathing them in Mm -hmm. and literally being in the moment and trying as hard as possible to erase everything else out of your head. Right. And it takes real effort yeah. And the more anxiety you have, frankly, the more effort it's going to take. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's sort of like your first piece of homework, you know, giving to yourself is just enjoy the moment for what it is,
2: mm-hmm. for a
1: quiet moment. And babies can be incredibly calming if you let them. If they're asleep on your chest, just like sit there, you know, Yeah, and allow them to help you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And also allow yourself the piece of like, it doesn't matter if you didn't email that friend back. It doesn't matter if your house looks like a tornado just came through. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you have ordered takeout for the last two weeks, three weeks, three months. Right. And if you are wearing the same pair of socks and same bra and you haven't combed your hair in like however long, nobody cares and you are allowed to look however you want to look. It doesn't matter. What matters Right. right now is this moment. Yeah. that's it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I think that speaks right to the heart of anxiety, right? Because it's all future oriented and I got to do this and I need to do that. And what happens if, and the list of things they need to, you know, attend to. And I mean, that's just a really fantastic coping skill is to allow yourself to let that go and be in the moment.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And, You know, it's a work in progress for all of us. Mm -hmm. It's very, you know, obviously it's so easy to say, right? Yeah. (laughs) But in practice, it's every day we all have the opportunity to think through in any one experience how we're going to handle it, right? Mm -hmm. And in truth, no day can be filled with all the positives, right? We all have to be real and we all have, especially as our kids get older, We all have the responsibility of making sure that our kids, you know, eventually go, you know, become responsible adults. Mm -hmm. And that means not always having fun, not always being relaxed, right? We have to at some point be adults ourselves. Um, But it means that we can enjoy moments where they come up and Mm -hmm. kind of having the risk benefit analysis in our heads.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And as moms... Realizing that every day and every moment doesn't have to have so much weight. Right. If you screw up one moment, it's fine. Who cares? It's okay. You make it up the next moment, the next day.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Everything is going to be okay Mm -hmm. as long as you believe it's going to be okay. Right.
0: So, I mean, I think you're giving some really good tips on how to cope with all of this. I'm hearing, you know, give yourself a break and taking deep breaths and being in the moment and letting some things go. Um, what other kinds of things have you seen that have been really helpful in terms of managing anxiety and healing?
1: I mean, I think the most important thing, number one is getting more sleep. Mm-hmm. If, right. you know, if you look at your 24 hour period and you are getting less than eight hours of sleep, there's a problem. hmm Your anxiety cannot improve without consistent sleep. Yeah. So a lot of women look at me and they're like, but I have a newborn. Are you joking? (laughs) Right. And I'm like, well, you know, part of it is planning, Mm -hmm. getting help. You don't need to do it alone. Right. Right. The notion of it takes a village, that is legit. Right. And find your village Mm -hmm. and get the help you need Mm -hmm. because, whatever it looks like for you, sleep is the most important component to all of this. Yeah. There is no one in the world who feels okay with consistent absent sleep, (laughs) lack of sleep, right? We all just feel awful, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's no manual that says, Oh, by the way, the first three months are going to be hell and live with it. And if Mm -hmm. there's a manual Mm -hmm. out there that says that it should be, you know, taken off the shelves. (laughs) Right. Right. So, the first way to cope is to get more sleep.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And the second is to eat healthy foods and make sure that you continue to eat. Mm-hmm. In pregnancy, women tend to remember to eat more. Yeah, Once they have the baby, all of a sudden the needs focus on the baby and less on us. Mm-hmm. But you do need to continue to eat and drink enough. So yeah. make sure that you have healthy snacks around.
2: Mm-hmm. Make
1: sure that they are out and visible Mm -hmm. i would much prefer someone have a kind bar or you know some kind of protein bar Mm -hmm. in a free few minutes than take a shower take Mm -hmm. the shower later in the day or the next day right you're no one's gonna die from being stinky but (laughs) you need to eat something right the other thing is to go outside Mm -hmm. women get very worried about the notion well my baby's not vaccinated yet So I can't take him or her outside at all. You don't need to go into the middle of Times Square. Right. But bundle your baby up and go for a walk around the block. Mm -hmm. If someone comes up to the baby, be like, hey, you know, can you keep your distance? You know, it's flu season and my baby doesn't have his or her shots. She's too young. But or just don't stop and just pretend you have earbuds in or maybe do have earbuds in and just keep on walking. <laughs> right. But getting outside is incredibly important and incredibly helpful for your mental health. Mm-hmm. And it feels good to get some fresh air. Sure. And yeah, if, absolutely. You're, if someone tells you the baby's too young, just, you know, walk on by. Right. The Baby's not too young. And, you know, if all of this fails, if you are doing everything to better yourself in terms of taking care of yourself appropriately, and nothing is working, reach out for professional help. Mm-hmm. Therapy can be incredibly helpful. It really can. Working with a person who is trained in this, who is not a relative, who doesn't have a vested interest in any of it beyond helping you, right, can really make a huge, huge difference in your every moment. If therapy is not enough, medication can... incredibly helpful and Mm -hmm. really can also help kind of break through with therapy the -hmm. combination can be like make your world open up and all of a sudden you're like wow that's who I really am that's who I was Mm -hmm. I found myself again right not every woman needs medication but for the women who do need medication it can be life-changing in a very Mm -hmm. positive way right and remember just because you start medication does not mean you're going to be on medication forever
2: Mm
1: -hmm. but it also doesn't mean you should stop it the second you feel better. Talk to your provider, make a plan, Mm -hmm. but don't cold turkey stop it like in a month when you feel better. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a little time. There's no, you know, there's no shame in remaining on it for a little while longer Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because it's helping you. That's great. Give them a little time to work and then work with them in terms of titrating down if you need to. Right.
0: And that's fantastic. I mean, a lot of those things people can start, I mean, if they're listening and they're realizing they're feeling anxious, and those are things that they can try and incorporate now, you know, in terms of sleep and getting outside and eating better. And yeah, there are a ton of us who are here waiting to help and happy to help. And that I just really, you know, love your perspective. And it's what I'm hearing anyways, is like, do what works for you. And there's nothing wrong with any of that.
1: You know, I think that as moms, we are fed this one way is best idea, right? Right. right. We watch on TV and it looks really blissful and babies are born and they're like three months old already on TV. Every baby is like 14 pounds and they're completely clean. And there's this like, Thing, you know, it, it almost seems like when you're pregnant, there should be butterflies flying over your head.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: if that's not happening, it's this notion that you're wrong or something is wrong with mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. picture. And in truth, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. You're just experiencing anxiety yeah. and you're not alone and you can absolutely feel better with appropriate life changes. Mm-hmm. and they don't have to be hard. Mm-hmm.
0: Right.
1: They can really actually be quite intuitive. Right. And or some help from people like us who do this for a living with day in and day out with right. other women like you.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of that and the hopeful messages, you know, that people can get through this and really differentiating kind of what is okay in anxiety and kind of again in air codes normal and what we should be paying a little closer attention to maybe getting some extra support for. It's really important for women to have this information to be able to decipher it for themselves because they don't always have a professional who's able to help them decipher it for them. So I really thank you for your expertise and your ability to differentiate that for us today. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was great.
0: Thank you again, Dr. Snyder. This information is really, really essential for all of us, uh, in particular for pregnant and postpartum folks. The more we can understand all of this, the easier it will be for us to cope and heal, and the less we blame ourselves for how we feel. And remember that the context of our life is a huge contributor, and things out there right now are more stressful than ever. If you want to connect with Dr. Snyder, go to carlysnydermd.com. And you can find her on social media at Carly Snyder MD. If this is your first time joining us on the Mom and Mind podcast, please subscribe so that you can get all of these episodes downloaded directly to you as soon as they come out. And if I can ask one small thing is to please share these episodes with people who you know could benefit from it. The whole point and goal of this podcast is to get this information out so that people who are suffering know that they are not alone. Think of one person who could benefit from hearing today's episode, and please do share. Thank you for being with us. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today. Our hope is that you leave here feeling heard, understood, and hopeful. Please share this podcast. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at momandmind.